0: Chapter 3 Meade looked at the bottom of the shot glass he just emptied and flipped it upside down in front of him. He rested his chin on the redwood bar, staring miserably at his reflection, and sighed. Another dead soldier, Meade drunkenly thought. He looked up for Emmeline, hoping she was nearby and he could get a refill, but she was nowhere to be found. He stood up and cranked his neck, looking around the bar to see where Emmeline had gotten herself to. As he stood, his boots slipped on the bottom rung of the bar stool and he fell, nearly cracking his head open on the bar. His black cowboy hat, a braided tail hanging off the back, went flying. He stood and started to lean over to pick it up, but before he could, a mole from the Ori mines kicked it away. He and his buddies laughed uproariously at Meade, who stood swaying in front of the four miners, all of whom were holding their drinks and smirking at him. "'It cost me fifty credits, to runabout!' one of the most said Meade smiled and twirled his fingers around his temples uh, i'm not very good at finding money i'm afraid bad eyeballs you see you ain't a kidding another one of the miners pushed the first one aside and drubbed Meade's chest with his pointer finger we saw you in the ring a third stepped forward menacingly because of you all our bets on chow were invalidated Meade, still swaying, wasn't entirely sure how many moles were actually confronting him. He knew he was seeing at least double, but he might have just been looking at one guy wrong. Can't help the ZFC judges, my friend. All I did was go out there and get pounded into raw hamburger, or didn't you notice? Meade said, indicating his right eye where Chow had cut him open. The wound was sealed with dermablast. The medical compound wouldn't leave a scar on his face, but... Even modern medicine couldn't do a thing about the enormous mouse that had formed around his eye. Not how I see it, the first miner said as his crew surrounded him. Judges said it was you that caused all the confusion in the first place, making us lose our bets. If you knew how to follow rules, I'd have my money, and everything would be as it ought to be. Me knew there were times when he should keep his big fat mouth shut, but he wasn't the best at figuring out exactly when those times were. He looked the miner up and down and shrugged. I don't know if your wife would agree. You son of a... The mole lunged at Mead. His reflexes had been dulled by the excellent whiskey Emmeline brewed in her stockroom, so he wasn't as fast as he ordinarily would have been. Fortunately, the moles attacking him were nearly as blotto as he was, so it was simple enough to step aside and trip the man lunging for him, who landed unceremoniously on the floor. Unfortunately... Meade wasn't graceful enough to stop the mole's friends from pushing him into the bar and using their fists on his already bruised and broken ribs. Meade cried out in pain as they beat him for his smart mouth. He couldn't help but laugh at his own stupidity as he fell to the ground. The moles began to kick at him mercilessly, their sharp-toed boots jabbing at his soft stomach and midsection. Suddenly, a shot rang out, and the crowd parted. A woman with closely cropped blonde hair wearing a coalition officer's uniform lowered her pistol. "'She aimed it at the miners attacking Mead. "'All right, boys, time to go home.' "'She pursed her lips and cocked her head "'at the miners who stared at her. "'You're in the wrong neighborhood, Bluebell,' "'the first miner said through clenched teeth. "'The woman shrugged and aimed her weapon "'between the man's eyes. "'You sure about that?' "'One of the moles moved a hand towards his armbar. "'Nuh-uh,' she said, firing the pistol. "'A hole the size of a quarter appeared in the man's hand.' She fired again and his armbar exploded in a shower of sparks. The miner howled in pain and clutched his smoking, ruined hand. Emmeline burst out of the back room, holding a shotgun, aiming it into the crowd. She saw Meade on the ground, the coalition officer detaining the moles who were attacking him, and the crowd around them making their way to the exits. She groaned and lowered her shotgun. I can always depend on Jim to keep the peace in my place. She turned towards the blonde coalition officer, making sure she kept the shotgun aimed at the floor. Officer, are you going to call this in? Because we like to deal with these sort of things internally on E-Block. The blonde officer holstered her weapon and indicated that the floor was Emmeline's. She nodded her thanks. Time for you to leave, gents, Emmeline said while not so gently prodding the mole on the floor. I tell you to please come again, but the reality of it is that if you darken my doorway again, you'll need a corpse taker instead of a medic. You read me? The other moles helped a friend up off the floor and he turned furious at Emmeline until he saw something in her eyes and the fight suddenly left him. The third mole was still wrapping up his hand, hoping to stem the blood that was freely flowing into his handkerchief. All four of them were cursing and mumbling at the coalition officer, but didn't dare raise their voices. The coalition had a lot of leeway when it came to dispensing deadly force and none of them wanted to give her an excuse to reach for her weapon. Meade was lying on the floor clutching his head and moaning, Emmeline moved over to him and he was joined by the blonde officer the two women helped him up off the floor and back onto his barstool Jim's had himself a rough night the blonde woman observed Emmeline cocked her head you know Meade. our paths have crossed the blonde woman said mysteriously Emmeline let that go any idea why those moles attacked him the coalition officer shrugged I heard them mention something about bets that didn't pay off Emmeline snorted (laughs) With me, that can mean just about anything I believe they were referring to a zero-g fight earlier The coalition officer replied Emmeline nodded and put Meade's hat back on his head He moaned gratefully He took a beating and won But the judges didn't see it that way He won fair and square And I can prove it Emmeline's eyes narrowed And you are The blonde woman shifted nervously My name is Lieutenant Sarah, she paused, Gonzalez. Emmeline's eyes widened in shock. Sarah Gonzalez was the daughter of Captain Thomas Gonzalez, the man whose face had been plastered across every wireless news channel for the last month. The captain stood accused of treason and was responsible for the deaths of over 600 people on his ship after it crashed under mysterious circumstances. The prosecution had put on a convincing open and shut case against the disgraced captain, and the jury agreed. Gonzalez was sentenced to the hardest of time, 600 consecutive life sentences in the living nightmare that was Enzeli Prison. In fact, it was the easiest case the prosecution had all year. The captain's personal armbar codes, which couldn't be hacked or co-opted, were used to allow a group of terrorists to gain access to the ship and blow it up. The motives of the terrorist were never discussed, of course. The media didn't like to concentrate on things like motivation. It wasn't good for ratings. What do you mean you can prove he was cheated? Emmeline asked, still suspicious of the Coalition woman. Why the hell should I believe the daughter of a Coalition traitor? My father didn't betray anyone, Sarah said, snapping back at her. He served the Coalition honorably for over 40 years. People serve money, Emmeline said cynically. I've seen it a hundred times. The right kind of bribe makes anything possible. My father was the kindest, gentlest, gentlest, most respected captain in the fleet you don't give that all up just days before retirement Sarah insisted he was framed well hard to believe a guy was framed when his personal armbar codes were used Emmeline said skeptically besides what's Meade got to do with it he knew knows my father Sarah said fighting back tears Emmeline raised an eyebrow and considered the news Meade would want to hear this she moved back behind the bar and grabbed her fountain soda gun. She sprayed Mead with a stream of water and he woke with a start. Jesus, Sam, Mead said, irritated. can a guy get some sleep around here? You got a visitor. Emmeline tossed a bar rag and pointed towards Sarah Gonzalez. Mead wiped his face and turned to see the blonde woman next to him. Sarah, he cried out. Good God, woman, how long has it been? He stood swaying slightly and gave her a drunken hug long enough for me to get promoted beyond scrapping the rust off those old engine parts like we used to sarah replied pleased to see that he recognized her Meade lowered his voice and drew back looking into her eyes i'm sorry about your father raw deal that sarah clutched his hands he needs your help jim Meade shook his head i don't know what you want me to do "'I don't have the schooling to be a lawyer, "'and I'm not the best at helping break folk out of jail. "'Sorta outside my expertise.' "'That's not what I need,' Sarah said, shaking her head. "'I want to pay off your debt to Alexander Laszlo.' "'Meade was stunned, hearing the warlord's name. "'How did you know about my—' "'Everyone knows your story by now,' Sarah said. "'Your fight is all over the wireless. "'Some journalist from Channel 10 interviewed your bookie "'who said you owed him money.' "'I owe money to lots of people.' "'Meade scoffed. "'Coalition Records show me that your bookie is backed by Laszlo. "'It's not exactly rocket science.' "'Meade drummed his fingers on the redwood bar, enjoying the feel of the smooth wood. "'Sounds awfully generous of you. "'I'm not going to deny I need the money, but, uh, what do you want?' Sarah Gonzalez held up a slender info drive and offered it out to him. "'He accepted it and inserted it into his armbar.' A prompt appeared on his screen, asking if he wanted to run the program on the disk. "'What's this?' Mead asked. "'It's a simple scanner program. Some of the latest tech from the Coalition nerds. All I need you to do is run that program when you get near Laszlo's armbar, it'll download a copy of his data, and delete all his files.' "'Hard to take files off the cloud there, Sarah,' Mead said, looking at the screen. "'Not with this. It's viral-dependent data.' anything with the same hashtags located in the cloud will have all of its paths altered or deleted. It's like trying to find the right needle in a stack of needles the size of Mars. It's, it's, it's impossible. Plus, all I really need for you to do is to slow him down long enough for me to do what I need to do. Which is, meet question, prove my father's innocence, Sarah said, setting her jaw determination. He was framed, and I believe Laszlo had something to do with it. Why Laszlo? Mead asked. News seemed pretty clear that it was your dad's codes that opened up the ship's hatch for the terrorists. Sort of hard for the man to frame your dad, what with his, uh, alibi of being on Mars at the time and all. She shook her head. No, you don't understand. He sent those terrorists to steal something from the Madeira. I don't think anybody was supposed to know they were even there. Er uh, start from the beginning, Meade said. Let me get straight first, though, if you don't mind. Meade reached into his pocket and found what he was looking for. He withdrew a small vial of blue liquid, uncapped it, and drank it down. Mmm. bazine is my own personal savior, Meade said, wiping his mouth. He could already feel the medication clearing his head from the alcohol's effects. His balance was improving, and the world was beginning to slow down its mad spin. Soon... He'd be able to pass even the most stringent sobriety tests. If there was one thing the Coalition did right, it was their hangover cures. "'Tell me first why you think Laszlo has anything to do with your father's incarceration and the crash of the Madeira,' Meade said, once the vial's contents had taken full effect. "'Process of elimination, mostly,' Sarah said. "'What do you mean?' he asked, putting his feet up on the bar. Sarah began ticking off each of the warlord's names on her fingers. Palmetto doesn't involve himself in terrorism. Sure, he's a scumbag fixer at the casino, traffics women, runs drugs, but he's no terrorist. His file can confirm as much. Meade raised an eyebrow. He was very curious about what the Coalition had on Palmetto. It was likely some very heavy reading. Logan O'Donnell runs his protection rackets all over New Plymouth, but from everything I've heard and read about the man, he's an honorable sort. For a warlord, that is. Meade nodded at that one. O'Donnell didn't need terrorism to achieve his goals. He had plenty of muscle and money for that. Lindsay and the rest of his crazies over at the Brotherhood of the Abyss might use terrorism to accomplish their goals, but I can't see where they'd get the resources for an attack like that, let alone what they might gain by crashing a transport from the homeworld. Meade shook his head. What about the Gunrunners? They were the first I considered, actually, Sarah said. After all, they'd be the most likely to have access to that kind of equipment, like the camo tech. Meade whistled. News didn't say anything about camo tech being used. Where'd they find that? I thought all camo tech had been destroyed after the last war. Sarah set her jaw in determination. My father told me about it. That's why I think Laszlo is the one who set my father up. Or, at least I think he knows who did. What do you mean? Laszlo is... was former coalition sarah said wait mead said surprised laszlo was one of yours was being the operative word sarah said once the last war ended he emigrated to mars and they suspect he took his ship's complement of last war tech with him all the major war tech from last war was destroyed mead said part of the accords nobody wants a repeat of what happened which is why we lost all sorts of cool ways to kill each other just because something was made illegal and suppressed doesn't mean it's not available for someone with a right-sized bank account, Sarah said. Meade thought it through. She was making a convincing argument. Besides, when had he ever turned down easy money, let alone 50 grand? You know my loan was 50,000, right? He asked. Sarah opened her armbar and immediately transferred the credits. It's yours, whether or not you get the info I need. Meade's eyes widened. Where'd you get all this? "'Coalition officers don't make this kind of money. "'I mortgaged the Ori claim my father had out on the Martian Plains,' Sarah said, looking at Meade with her wide blue eyes. "'Jim, I'd do anything to get him out of that hellhole. "'He's already been in there for three weeks. "'That's what, uh, nearly two and a half years from his perspective?' "'Meade closed his eyes and shook his head. "'The Coalition had discovered they had a problem with criminals "'after immigration from the homeworld had begun in earnest.' The lack of any real law enforcement on Mars made it difficult for many to get a fair trial and, without any real jail facilities to speak of, punishment still needed to be meted out and offenders still needed to serve their debt to society. So the coalition decided to invest in building a central jail system that would house, feed, and care for prisoners. This virtual prison was no cakewalk and was little better than a free-for-all for the absolute worst Mars had to offer. In order to keep the Martian prison from overflowing, jail sentences were experienced by prisoners at an accelerated pace, so a man who was supposed to serve a 50-year sentence might only have to spend a few months in real time lying on his back. The accelerated pace of time kept the criminal's brain humming with high activity for months at a time, and as a side effect, seemed to do something to the people's personalities. No one who entered the Anzeli prison ever returned the same. The sentence for her father, Captain Thomas Gonzalez, had been the most severe in coalition history. The judge had found that the captain acted with gross misconduct, and he was guilty of treason. Usually an offense that severe came with the death penalty, but the captain's long record of service earned him the distinction of being sentenced to served 600 consecutive life sentences. He would remain in N'Zali prison for the next five years in real time, as experienced by citizens on Mars, But the captain would experience it all as an agonizingly slow process, living through each day of inside his head for what would seem like an eternity. Don't seem right somehow, Meade said, almost to himself. It's not, Sarah said. Someone set him up. Someone powerful to fake his DNA code to frame him, and I want to know who and why. Meade thought again about what Sarah was offering. He certainly wouldn't be doing himself of any favors if he aligned himself against the coalition. Not that he cared, naturally. As a runabout, he was a man without a flag, and he liked it that way. He was someone who didn't care what the hell the coalition or consortium were doing on a day-to-day basis. Politics wasn't his forte. No matter the party, bureaucrats were all the same fat, greedy pigs who did nothing but figure out the best way to get their hands in everyone's pockets. Laszlo ain't gonna like me snooping around,' Mead said, hesitantly. "'It was his way of saying he'd help her out, and she knew it.' "'Sarah squealed in delight and threw her arms around Mead. "'She caught herself, suddenly, and straightened her back, "'her cheeks flushing a brilliant red. "'Oh, um, good. "'I'll, uh...' "'Mead tried to catch his breath, "'the memory of Sarah's tight body pressing against him "'still fresh in his mind. "'I'll head over to Laszlo's tonight, pay him off, "'and, uh, download his armbar.' "'You don't even have to do anything. "'As soon as you're within range of run the app, "'and it'll take care of everything for you. "'The program will download everything I need "'and format his armbar as a nice little piece of "'fuck you added on. "'Whatever he's up to, "'I don't want him to have anything he might need "'to finish whatever plan he set into motion.' "'And you're sure this virus of yours "'will destroy everything, "'even the stuff he's got on the cloud?' Mead asked, opening the program again on his armbar. The virus is programmed to delete everything that's been tagged by his armbar ID, so anything he's ever looked at on that thing will be destroyed. He'll have nothing by the time the program is finished. Sarah put her hand on his chest. Jim, the second it finishes, you'll need to get out of there. It won't take Laszlo long to figure out what happened. Meat nodded. Last thing I want to do is end up a stain on the bottom of the canyon floor, Sarah. He stood and put on his hat and duster, the long, dark leather stained by years of use, and the dark red Martian soil. I'll get that info dump and bring it back to you by later tonight. And if I don't hear from you by tonight? Sarah asked. A slight smile touched his lips and he turned, grabbing the tumbler Emmeline had placed in front of him. Then, in all likelihood, I'm dead and you spent fifty grand for nothing. He saluted Sarah and drank the whiskey down in one gulp.